0: Well, it's becoming increasingly evident that the government is not going to do the hard work of keeping us free. Turns out that's our responsibility to do the hard work, to make sure that we stay free. We are the cavalry. We can't depend on some political Messiah to come along and do the things that are necessary to make us free. No, we have to do that ourselves. Got an incredible episode today where we dig into that. And a bunch of other truths that support that principle of we are the cavalry. We should be the ones reigning, raising and training our children. Uh, we need to take responsibility for our health and our nutrition. Uh, we talk about a, a really hot topic that's going on right now with seed oils and all this other stuff, and basically the food that we're being told to eat is poisonous. The The food pyramid is actually a giant lie. We need to flip the food pyramid upside down. There's so many things that are going on uh, that are of the utmost importance for us to be a free and flourishing people as we are pursuing a free and flourishing Alabama. We have an incredible culture here in the state of Alabama, but our politics and public policy don't reflect the people of Alabama. Media drives culture. Culture is what drives politics and public policy. Welcome everyone to 1819 News, the podcast. I'm Brian Dawson, CEO of 1819 News and host of this here podcast where we are pursuing a free and flourishing Alabama every single week. Got a great show for you today. I have an incredible guest who's doing work that's very similar to what we do here at 1819 News, though he is doing it really across the country with some of the same guests we've had and uh, the COVID space and really just the fight, right? He is is in the fight. And so um, with that, though, before we jump into that content, I want to invite you guys to join the fight. How can you do that? What does that mean? We need you guys to join the fight by financially supporting the work we're doing at 1819 News. Uh, We are doing the hard work of informing the people of Alabama with the things that they need to know about and why they matter. Uh, We're doing the hard work of deep dive investigations, shining a light into corruption uh, so that you guys know what's going on there. And we're also celebrating the things that are good, true, and beautiful about Alabama each and every week. And so we need your guys' financial support to keep that going. Um, So you can do that. You go on the website. Uh, on the articles, there's a there's a box between the the headline and the the body of the text where you can go to do that. It should show up in your newsletter, um, and pretty soon at the top of the website, you're going to see the buttons uh, that are there. You'd think that would be where we started developing a website's harder than it sounds. That's the one thing I can say. So, um, but soon you'll be able to do that. So please go on there, do that. Financially support the work we're doing. We're doing it on behalf of the people. Therefore, the financial um, you know incentives should be coming from the people. So. Um, please do that. Um, and uh, the, so with that, there's going to be behind the paywall content. We'll talk about some of that of what, what we're going to have today. And uh, it's for members only exclusive content. And you'll also get some merch. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, don't. I guess if it's there and you can watch it, go for it if that's your preferred medium. But we want to let people know that it is imperative that they develop an another habit of getting eighteen nineteen video content either on Rumble, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, uh, because YouTube does not get along with us. We do not get along with them. About every third podcast or so, uh, they just they just take it off of there. They go back six months into my catalog and they yank a show and it's like I had, that had thousands of views. That was, you know anyway, so it's extremely frustrating. Uh, YouTube is part of the um, the Gestapo regime of, you know, censorship and all this other stuff, they don't want the truth getting out. They have a vested interest in making sure the truth doesn't get out. So therefore we should be building habits to use other platforms to get the content, uh, that we, that we want, uh, because they are not going to censor us. And, and, and it looks like they're dedicated to, to free speech. So anyway, with that, you should probably get a Twitter account too. Um, but without further ado and any more rambling from me, I've got an an incredible guest, um, a guy who's doing great work. His name is David Gornoski. He's a radio show host in Florida uh, who's fighting the good fight. And what's the Alabama connection? Why would you have a a Florida radio show host on 1819 News, the podcast? Well, he's been uh, working with the Concerned Doctors, um, and it would be the Concerned Doctors of Alabama, but they've grown to actually really have massive national presence, but they're based in Alabama. Dr. Jordan Bond, Dr. Stuart Tankersley, and all these uh, doctors who've shown tremendous courage uh, at pushing back against the nonsense and standing up to the the COVID regime um, and just speaking truth and saving people's lives. Um, They're based here in Alabama and David has done a great job of getting their message out um, nationally as well. And so, David, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. A couple big bearded Fellas, yeah. in here, I feel like we might get into some type of Scottish throwdown or something. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> is that your background? It Scottish, is. yeah, very yeah, good. It, is it yours?
1: Uh, Polish, German, and some uh, English or something. So. Yeah,
0: something <laughs> over there in the island in that area. Yeah, my my back, you know, my background is different. I've got Viking, which explains the size, and then yeah. Scottish, Irish, Welsh, right? So that whole area over there. And there's Indian too, but I won't bore you with that.
1: You told me before the show you're into the carnivore style, so that's kind of keeping
0: with your yeah. background
1: as a Viking genetically, yeah, that's it. huh?
0: That's it. <laughs> I, I didn't ever thought about that. So that's good. And we will get into some nutrition. So yeah. um, today, you know, we're going to talk about um, beginning. We're we're going to find out about who you are. Yeah. Who is David Gornoski? Um, we'll hit a commercial break. We'll come back and we'll hit some some really good subjects. We'll talk about nutrition. The fact that we are the cavalry. Um, we can't continue to wait on other people to come save us. Right. It's our, it's our country, it's our nation. It's uh, we need to take responsibility. Um, talk about some other issues that that are big, uh, you know, staple on your show: staying out of debt, criminal justice reform, uh, those type of things. And then we've got a, a great segment uh, that we're going to talk about for our members uh, that will be uh, exclusive to our members. You know, Ghislaine Maxwell has now come out and said, you know, on they have a recording of her on the the jail phones. And she's talking, and, and they asked her, you know, do you think that that, that Jeff, Jeffrey killed himself? And she goes, no, I don't, and kind of went into the fact that she thought he was killed, mm-hmm. right? And so that's interesting. That's a big topic that's not getting a ton of media attention, not only that she said that, but just period. The fact that, you know, um, that, that there's this pedophile island. We first started hearing about it four or five years ago about the Lolita Express, these big global elites going down to this Island to have sex with children. And everyone's like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it like became pretty mainstream that everyone just knew. Yeah. yeah. The Lolita express, you're going down there and have sex with kids. And then the guy gets arrested and then, you know, suicides himself or right, whatever. Yeah. And then it's just hush, hush. Yeah. Don't talk about that anymore. So yeah. we're going to dig into that, uh, in that next segment. So, um, jumping into this first segment, let's, um, let's talk about who is David Gornoski. What, um, what is your background? Where were you born? How did you become who you are? How did you get into radio and media? Let's hear that.
1: Yeah, I'm a fourth generation Floridian and I've grown up all my life in Central Florida. I host a radio program on Tampa Bay, drive time from five to seven every day called A Neighbor's Choice. Um, My background, I started off writing columns when I was seventeen. I submitted my first column to a national outlet. worldnetdaily.com, dot com was pretty big at the time; they still are. Uh, Ann Coulter, Pat Buchanan, Chuck Norris were the lineup. I said, "Man, I'm gonna give a shot." You know, yeah. I, I knew I knew enough that when you're seventeen, if you can put a a, a reasonably articulated column, your youth is going to be an instant, you know, yeah. selling point for the audience of conservatives that are typically going to be skewing older, right? Yeah. So. I played into that and I got published and I start, started doing some stuff there, um, did different things along the way, uh, I have an entrepreneurial side of me that likes to create startups. Uh, but I, I pivoted back into podcasting, uh, in, uh, about 20, uh, 2015. And then I turned it into a terrestrial radio program in WFLA, Orlando. It's iHeart radio station over there in Orlando, mm-hmm. um, uh, back in 2018, I launched from a podcast into a radio show, and now it's both. And so, you know, uh, the show, A Neighbor's Choice, I tell people it's kind of like an apocalyptic Mr. Rogers neighborhood for adults, which means, you know, we still want to learn how to love our neighbors and be loving and kind, but we're dealing with the after effects of, okay, uh, we're not in, in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood anymore. Things yeah. are a little bit dustier, a little bit dirtier, a little bit run down. Things yeah. are falling apart. How do we still keep that joy? keep that positive attitude and get things done, you know? Yeah, so,
0: got to be warrior poets. Exactly. And mm-hmm. something you said stuck out to me. So it was my job for the beginning of my media career to take content that was produced by a network and then to take that and go get radio stations to pick it up. And one thing that all the program directors, which are the the, the decision makers at radio stations on what's going to be on their radio station – I don't want no stinking podcast on my radio waves. They're huge on that. because, And I think they feel that podcast is encroaching into terrestrial radio. Right. So they hate the idea of podcast being on radio. Well, then Ben Shapiro comes along. He had this massive podcast and then Westwood one, which is cumulus picks his show up nationally syndicated. And so you are now only the second person I've known that that has turned their podcast into a, you know, a meaningful, sizable terrestrial radio show. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And it changed the format a little bit when I was first doing the podcast, you know, I was doing a typical zoom or Skype call and it was just an interview format. Mm -hmm. Now at the live radio, I do do, you know, the monologues and things like that, but I I really enjoy, uh, trying to re remake what radio could be instead of just always being, Oh, you know, people have this mindset that the older media means, that older people have to listen to it. It's not necessarily correct, yeah. right? I mean, sometimes older technologies are actually where the youth go. Like, yeah. you know, hipsters like cassette tapes and records, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, more than people who were around when those things were actually being used. So yeah. so, so things can come back, right? And I yeah. think that radio... Has a very underappreciated role to be revitalized as an underground, you know, because it was the underground before. And then the problem is with Rush Limbaugh, he, he kind of, he's like the startup founder of talk radio, (laughs) you know, and he started it about what, 1988, his show and then he he's passed so you've got this whole era era of 30 some 33 years 34 years that was the Rush Limbaugh era of talk radio and everybody in talk radio is still basically because he was so successful all the program directors are kind of just trying to imitate that sound and tweak it like, oh, well, you're the young version of Rush. You're the female version of Rush. And it's like, no, no, angry no. You're the
0: Jewish version of Rush. You're <laughs> yeah. the, right? And it is. <laughs> so you exactly. got Mark Levin. You got, you know, anyway. So, yeah. so it's like,
1: okay, but that's not, if you like Rush, then that's not honoring his legacy. You yeah. need to reinvent something totally different, right? Yeah. Don't be the next Rush. Be the first you. You know, be yeah. the thing that changes the game. And I think radio is so undervalued for that because- yeah. All, all the smart money, you know, the big money that for creative ideas is going into podcasting, and that's a big market with a million different people because there's no barrier to entry. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot to there's a lot of fish to swim around. It's a red ocean, you yeah. know. And I'm always looking for a blue ocean where the water is clear. There's not a lot of blood, not a yeah. lot of chum in the water, whatever. And we're gonna go out and chart that new yeah uncontested market space now the question is well there's a lot of radio stations so there are a lot of hosts but there's not nearly as many radio hosts as there are podcast hosts so there's an opportunity to reinvent that medium to make it fresh you know and
0: i w- I, w- I mean i w- i guess i can try to be humble in saying this but i i was very good at what i did as far as getting radio shows on right, right. and so i took lee's show our american stories it was on 30 stations. No, 80 stations when I got there. I took it to 330. I like this. Okay. I remember listening I, I listened to
1: it the first time when I was in L.A. and I turned yeah. on to a radio station and I was like, this is great. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so, um, see, I can say, though, that's the station. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. got them on 330 stations and it did a deal with Premier and iHeart. And as you know, it doesn't get any bigger than that. Mm-hmm. You're talking Premier and iHeart is Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, Delilah, Jim Rome, right? So it doesn't get any bigger. And so to be able to do that, but the one thing – Because I got good at that, I got every single radio show host who thought they had something would reach out to me. And it's exactly what you said. They're like, oh, I'm basically like Rush, but and then it's like their little weird not Rush caveat. I'm skinny Rush. I'm, you know, I'm blonde Rush. I'm, you know, medium, like middle aged, uh, you know, whatever. So I said, you guys have to do something different, you know, and, you know, there's you have whether it's Michael Savage, Mark Levin, Wayne Allen Root, like all. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You guys have to do something different. The reason I was so successful growing Lee Habib's show, Our American Stories, is because it was radically different yeah. than anything else that was out there. It was essentially like a conservative NPR, or right, conservative yeah. This out or yeah. this American Life, um, and it was different. And, and I can do different, but if it's just more of the same, why would I go convince someone to take their three-hour radio show of this guy and replace it with another guy who's just like him.
1: Because who? Because who's going to want to listen to the yeah. same thing? You know, I mean, yeah. you can only do so many different types of TV shows that are all knockoffs of one yeah. another. So it's just good business to not want to program something yeah. that's just derivative of something else. I yep. mean, that's just good practical business. Yep. But <laughs> before you get into whether it's good for the country or whatever, to yeah. just copy the same message, but yeah, totally agree. So I think I think that's what's exciting about. You know, and, and the way I look at radio, and I think what you what you're doing is similar to that, is trying to look at solutions, trying to empower people. Cause what I've noticed is that whatever the radio show is, or TV show for that matter, or podcast, they're always focused on whenever you listen to the show, or you listen to Alex Jones, Sean Hannity, you don't feel empowered, you know, I and mean, whether you like them or not, whether yeah. you think they're the greatest truth tellers or not. You don't when I listen to Alex Jones. And again, I'm not knocking him. He's definitely a, a talented broadcaster. But I don't feel empowered like you know what? I got an idea. I got to get going. I got to do this. Yeah. You feel like, oh man, it's all over. They're gonna, go. yeah. you know, tyranny the is globalists. really. It's the globalists are coming in. They're locking everything down, folks. Today, you know, yeah. it's like you can't. I mean, that that gets your adrenaline going It gets you. You know, it's it's entertaining. I it's call fear. It rage it's exciting. Porn. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's rage porn, and so. And people get addicted to Mm -hmm. it and they come back because they're like, I'm not angry enough. I'm going to tune in and get angry. And they come back every day and it gets them angry and it gets them angry and it gets them angry. But what's the solution, right? Like, it's just a what drug do do for the anger, it's right? It's a drug exactly. fix. There's
1: no it's not giving you motivation yeah. to change your life. You're just still in that helpless state. So, I've said this is something that just that I think kind of frames it in the way I think we will have a lot of common ground yeah. is that I think a lot of the conservative media's problem is that they focus so much on, well, I'm telling the truth because I'm blowing the lid on what they're doing. And did you know what was on Hunter Biden's laptop? Okay, you're criticizing something yeah. You're just reacting to something. You're not yeah. leading. You're not moving. You know, in, in Christianity and in the idea of imitating Jesus, you incarnate truth with action. With yeah. action, with a solution, you know, embodied yeah. truth. That's what Jesus teaches us. That's what Christianity is all about. It's about embodying truth, not just well. Uh, did you know what they're doing on Hunter Biden's laptop? Did you know what they're doing? I can't believe it. It's not fair. How do they get to arrest that person, but we never get to arrest our people? You know, they arrest our people. We don't get to arrest their people. It's not fair. It's just kind of reactive. That sounds like the guy in the back seat. That's yeah. not the one driving the car. Yeah. If you say you're driving so fast, well, that's that's conservative ink. Yeah. They're not leading. They're in yeah. the backseat driver, and they're squabbling. Hey, I don't think you, you just hit that speed bump too high. Slow yeah. down. Can you stop? It's, can oh. you take? It, I mean, you know, you're not the leader, but that's even the best of conservative media. That's all they do.
0: They react to mainstream media. They yeah. react to the. They left. take they their losers' the role. Yeah, it's crazy. And so we actually, I just sent out a, an update um, recently the New York times is responding to what we're reporting in little Alabama. Right. So it's, you know, the, the standard, you know, outline is mainstream media reports, conservatives react. Like mm-hmm. that's how it usually goes. Well, we don't do that here. We don't take our cues from national anything. We have real reporters that are actually having conversations and have real relationships and actually scour the internet on stuff that's going on in Alabama. And we showed, um, that, uh, there was this, this, this teacher in Huntsville, uh who was doing drag shows, right, and had kids at the drag shows and they're and so he gets blown up, gets in trouble from the school, and then they're like, um, uh, you know, well, he wasn't in school when it happened or whatever. Well, we kept digging and we found this podcast where he's on the podcast saying that he's actually grooming children and bringing mm-hmm. in literature into his classroom, you know, and all this other stuff. So that gets blown up. He ends up you know, retiring. And uh, the New York Times comes down to Alabama and does this huge, you know, expose on him and how he's really a hero and all this other stuff. So little old 1819 News in Alabama does a story and the New York Times comes to Alabama to report on what we did reacting to us. Mm-hmm. We did a, a thing on, um, you know, the, the abortion pills that Steve Marshall uh, and his stance on is the, you know, is the Alabama AG and the Guardian did you know, did a response article to us. Mm-hmm. We're trying to change exactly what you're talking about. We don't want to react to them. We want to do real news and real reporting that forces them to have to come respond to what we're uncovering and mm-hmm. what we're showing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, you need that. That's the model is to, to get engaged, but we have to, you know, another thing that I like to talk about on the show is that politics is lunchroom drama ultimately. Yeah. So even when we're exposing corruption or, or, or what this politician did or what this policy is doing or this wasteful spending to study uh, the sex lives of frogs. You know, like Rand yeah. Paul he says. All that stuff, is is it amounts to lunchroom drama. The system is broken, and it's going to produce a lot of fixation on lunchroom drama, which is social, literally lunchroom drama. That's all politics is. If you go to any legislature or any bureaucracy, it's who's sitting at which table. Yeah. That's it. know, I'm sitting at the cool table. I can't pass that bill yeah. because I got to get on the cool table and I've yeah. got a seat there. They said, I'm going to be able to sit at the cool table. What are you doing walking by me? Hi, bye, go away. You know, you go sit yeah. at the loser's table and you sit at this table and you sit, and don't you try to just, it's this pecking order. It's a social status drama queen waste of time. Yeah. And I always say like, what makes America so special and so beautiful that people still, just like with Rush, they're... Talk radio is still in its imitation mode, just riding off of his coattails of how he changed the sound of AM talk radio. Yeah, same thing for uh, America's brand. You know, people are still trying to get into America, but they're riding off the coattails of a brand that was established what hundred something. I mean, that its glory days was like a hundred years ago. Yeah, Nikola Tesla didn't go and say, you know, I've got this idea, alternating current. I need to gather together and figure out how to create an a organization to lobby to try to see if I can get some a committee established and, yeah. and we'll create a Department of Energy and we're going to go and we're going to create billions of dollars of research and we're just going to spend decades. That's not what America was. America yeah. was you do it. He built it, he put it into action, and he changed the world. He lit up the world. Amen. Right? And that is incarnational, right? He didn't go, I don't like what they're doing in D.C. with lighting. That's what conservatives do. I don't like that D.C. only uses candle lighting. I just think we should do something different. Maybe if we hire a president, we'll be able to do something like alternating. No,
0: they just did it. Just do it. Just do it. And I think, you know, and another problem I think conservatives have, and then we got to hit this commercial break, is, um, we, we love white papers. We love graphs and charts and data and all this other stuff. And that does not move anything that does not win people to your side. All it is, is a very small amount of people who read your white paper and heartily agree with it. And that's who you're writing for. And it doesn't change anything. So like, you know, uh, AOC will come in and, you know, we need to do the green new deal, which is the most preposterous egregious thing anyone has ever suggested ever it seemed like a joke Mm -hmm. but as usual the left was not joking and you know in it she's like well you know we need to stop eating so much meat Mm -hmm. because of the cow farts Mm -hmm. and the cows fart and create and this is and and she's an idiot on her own right just Mm -hmm. objectively an idiot and she's talking about cow farts and how cow farts are affecting global warming Mm -hmm. and so rather than us being like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard Mm -hmm. and either ignoring it or destroying it or just you know on its face we go and spend $2 billion writing white papers about how cow farts don't actually, you know, cause global warming, right? Mm-hmm. And so, again, it's that loser position, mm-hmm. right? And, again, you're not changing anyone's mind about that. But, anyway, so it's a very interesting thing um, uh, about how we're losing and why. But um, we can get into more of that after the, the commercial break, after a word from our sponsor. <laughs>
2: Hey y'all, it's Allison Sinclair with Alabama Unfiltered. A lot of people ask me, what can I do to actually make a difference in DC and in my state government? And One of the most effective things you can do is write an old school letter to your elected officials. It seems super simple, but a written through the mail letter gets their attention much more than an email or a phone call. I use the Quick Letter app from my phone to write letters and it makes it so easy to write all of my representatives in DC and in our state a real letter in a matter of minutes. And so Quick Letter automatically determines your representatives and their mailing addresses. You write or dictate a letter on your phone and tap the name of every representative you want to receive that letter. And Quick Letter handles the delivery address, the return address, the greeting, the closing, the signature, the printing, stuffing, stamping, and placing your letter in the US mail. Your governor, attorney general, state legislators, your U.S. senators, and congressmen need to hear from you. And it doesn't have to be elaborate. Actually, a brief, simple letter usually has the most impact. Send a quick letter today and every day. Go to quickletter.com, that's K-W-I-K, quickletter.com, or download the Quick Letter app today.
0: All right, guys. Welcome back. Uh, and before we jump into the rest of our interview with David, I want to tell you guys um, and just reemphasize what that commercial just said. Um, Jim Hicks has done something very amazing, something very special in creating an app that simplifies the way that you can have your voice heard by legislators at the federal level as well as the state level. Uh, the Quick Letter app. Go into the, the the podcast stores, download that app, have it on your phone. When you see something uh, that frustrates you, just get on that app, send them a letter, whether it's your state rep, your state senator, the governor, the attorney general, whoever, or your U.S. senator, your, you know, your U.S. rep, the president, anybody, um, you can, you can write up a letter and they take care of uh, the printing, uh, the putting it in the envelope, the putting the stamp, the addressing all the, the, the challenging parts that keep people from doing that and their voices being heard. Um, they take care of all of that. It's a $1.99 for your first letter, which is slightly over postage. Uh, for them to take care of all of that for you. Um, And it actually becomes cheaper with every letter you write, I think down to $1.49. So do that. Make your voice heard. Um, We're coming up into a legislative session here in the state of Alabama, and there will be all kinds of things that we're telling you guys about, and that's going to be a wonderful tool for you guys to let them know what you think. So quick letter, go to the App Store, download the app, and start writing today. All right, well, David, we... um, Back from the commercial break, let's jump into something we talked about off air um, that is a, is it a big pillar point of your show is I, I define it as we are the cavalry. We can't wait for someone to come save us. We can't wait another four years to elect a president that's going to make things right. And we just got to sit here and stew in this Biden nonsense until we can get our Messiah president to come in and save us. Um, you know, when that's at the state level too, Oh, if we had a good governor and uh, it's like, no, we need to go and do, we, we need to be the change agent. We need to be those things. So talk about, talk about that and, and kind of some, maybe uh, the other pillars on your show.
1: Yeah. So the, the conservative or anti, um, establishment movement, whatever we want to call it, populist, nationalist, libertarians, whatever, independents. They, they tend to focus when they're active, they, they're activated, they're not checked out. They tend to focus 99% of their attention on politics, and I think that's completely wrong. It doesn't mean that you should not be engaged in politics. So there's two ways of being the cavalry, in my opinion, that we need to think about. One is, yeah, you're right, don't focus on the D.C. Uh, game. That's a joke. You need to focus on local getting, you know, if you want to be involved in school board and local and, and activism and, and, and education and teaching people about principles and all that. But that the second piece of that, of being the change is outside of politics completely, which is more yeah. in the culture, science, nutrition, health. Right. And, and that's where, that is where most of the work needs to be done. But so little of it is, if we knew, if we want to be leaders, You have to have a vision that people want to get behind. If you go to, you'll know this when the conservative movement, instead of always talking about uh, these, you know, whether you go to a a convention where they're talking about uh, the corruption of the Biden regime or what Anthony Fauci did, or you go to a highbrow conservative movement conference where they're talking about heady philosophical principles or Russell Kirk or something. At the end of the day, if you're not hearing statements like we are now going to go and fight and cure cancer, If you don't hear those types of statements, you're not in a place where you're leading. You're just still in the heady space of nothingness. And and there's always something good to that. I don't want to diminish that. There's good philosophy, good politics, but most of it is a waste of time. We need to orient our focus back towards actual action points of solutions. Like, for example, the Wright brothers. The Wright brothers didn't wait around and do the uh, white papers and symposiums about how man will fly one day yeah. when we have all the power. We will get elected in the House, yeah. and then we'll get the Senate, and then we'll get the presidency, and then we'll get the education 20, 40, 50 years, and w- one day our government will save us and teach us how to fly. That would have never happened. We would yeah. still not be flying right now. I would have had to uh, drive on or a horse or something to get to here in Alabama. Yeah. So you know, thank God that we have people who actually incarnate truth. They, yeah. they activate. They action that's what Jesus was. He was not a talker. He didn't write a book. He performed his tr- truth. He incarnated his truth. And the only way we can get the, 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 the masses to pay attention to us is to emulate Jesus' witness. And what did he do? How did he get—see, this is where it's interesting. How did Jesus get the masses to pay attention to the harder truths that he wanted to say? He had to do signs and wonders. He had to, he had to meet people where their material lack was. They were in a time of oppression. They were in a time where pestilence and disease was rampant. They were in a time where mental illness and possession was going on. And he met people where their brokenness was, and he met them with signs and wonders. He healed their eyesight. He healed their paralysis. He healed their leper status and brought them into social standing and right relationship with his community. That's what we need to do. That's why we need to be healing diabetes. We need to heal cancer. We need to heal Uh, uh, you know, poor education with good alternative schooling. You see what I mean? Meet people where they're at, fill their belly with good food that doesn't make them hungry and sick and and heal their eyesight problems that they're getting from seed oils. You know, give them a good education that inspires their child to put down the phone and really want to understand the world and get excited about the world to believe that you can have something amazing like flying cars. Why don't we believe in that anymore? Because we've lost our our Christian focus. Christians are action people. And Christians are not just talking about uh, saving your soul and everything else is going to hell in a handbasket. That's not what Christians are about. Christians are about making heaven come to earth. And all those dreams of of having a world where we're free of cancer, free of diabetes, free of heart disease, free of all these different mental health issues, those are coming from toxic things in our food supply. So start there. If we heal people, they'll listen to us. If the conservative or whoever anti-establishment movement, wherever they're going and they're teaching nutrition or health principles, if it's curing diabetes, if it's healing heart disease, if it's healing psoriasis, if people's eczema is going away, they'll pay attention and say, okay, what else do you want to tell me about this transgender thing? I'm interested now. You just saved my uncle's heart from a heart attack. I'm interested now. You just saved me from cancer. I'm interested now. The community who's still eating the king's food, they're still sick. They're still miserable. And they're still getting their genitalia chopped off. I don't want to listen to any of that stuff. I'm seeing hearts healed over here. I'm seeing cancer cured over here. I'm seeing diabetes cured over here. I want to listen to what else you got to say. That's what we have to
0: do. And and <laughs> I love it. I love I love that you're that fired up too. And and, I, and you're dead on the money. So you look at the people who are gaining influence right now. And I wrote a thing on a, 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 a member-only exclusive opinion piece. I talked about Andrew Tate. Right. And so Andrew Tate, I'm not a big fan of uh, his how he made his money. I don't think he's got a great message for how to treat women. Um, but but again, the dude says some just hardcore truth. Right. And and because he says some hardcore truth, he's pulling people away from these other sources of what you would call the king and the government. You know, the narrative. Right. The thing that you're allowed to say. And they know deep down that that they're being lied to. And then they hear this guy over here like a voice in the wilderness speaking truth. And they go to him in droves. And I think a healthier version of that is Jordan Peterson. Same thing. But but to me, Christians should own that space. The truths that Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan and these guys are communicating are Christian truths, right? The creation order is found in Genesis 1 through 3. He created it, and it was good. And so, you know, the the, the left would say, oh, that's patriarchy, right? Well, well, no, God created men to be men and women to be women, and they're both beautiful and glorious truths and, and ways and our society has, you know, from an egalitarian standpoint or really a, an androgynous standpoint, gotten rid of God's created order that men are men and women are women. And and now you have women trying to be men and men, you know, the only way they're accepted is if they're effeminate. You know, women in their pantsuits trying to be CEOs, men with their soey, you know, limp-wristed sewing, you know, whatever. And so we see this and we sense that something's wrong and we don't know what's wrong. And then Andrew Tate comes along and is like, this is bullcrap. And people are like, yeah, that is bullcrap. And all, then all of a sudden they're following the guy that we made don't want a
1: bugatti yeah we don't yeah. want a bugatti yeah we just want to be like jesus that's what we need we don't want to need
0: islam in a bugatti we need jesus <laughs> it's so crazy and and so they go running into the arms of a guy who made his millions by being an OnlyFans pimp yeah you know so this is this is this is how we're losing because we're not the ones doing that's that that's controlled opposition yeah. now
1: it doesn't mean i mean I, his dad worked for the cia or something so i'm yes. not saying he maybe i don't know anything about him but he's controlled opposition in the sense that he's not pulling people towards the truth. He's pulling yes. people to a half truth, which is no truth yeah, at all.
0: I say he's in the <clears> other <throat> ditch. Yeah. Right. And so his version of masculinity is just as bad as the feminist yeah. version. Right. And so what we need to find is we need to be able to speak truth into this vacuum. And we have an opportunity to do that. I love that Jordan Peterson does appear to be coming, maybe even be be a Christian at this point based off of some of the things I've seen. So I think that's good. But, I think overall, there's some other guys that are doing, I had Michael Foster came on my podcast to talk about his book. It's good to be a man. Um, And he's, you know, creating this, this massive following, but another interesting one. And again, I wouldn't necessarily go to him for spiritual advice. Tucker Carlson does this podcast, you know, or this, this series called Mm -hmm. um, one of his originals and it was called the end of men. And so what you're talking about is like, you know, we keep going to the King's food or the way that they, the, 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 the food pyramid, Mm -hmm the way that the king says we should eat, and we're all diabetic, you know, um, autoimmune disorders, uh, you know, like all this stuff, uh, food allergies and all this other stuff, when we're doing what they say, and then now Raw Egg Nationalist is this huge movement leader because he's literally talking about, you know, actually that's the exactly opposite. You need to flip that upside down. You should be eating more meats. You should be eating more proteins. Cholesterol is not going to kill you. Like everything we've been told is a lie, and because he's saying that now he's got this – and not only does he have people following him, he has young, viral, like, you know, uh, young men, right, with virility and power and strength, and he's winning their hearts. And that's what leaders always try to do. They try and come and win the hearts of men. Well, now, um, you know, he's he's taking advantage of I think exactly what you described. Um, but I do I think Christians. So that should need be, to be
1: a, that should be people who love Jesus taking that space yes. and moving it. And it doesn't mean you have to always wear uh, you know, this is a Jesus diet, or something, you know that kind yeah. of gimmick stuff. Yeah. Like we've always had, that's actually kind of the dumb way of doing it. But the the right way to do it is just to to embody the faith and to get out there and and so that so we need to find the 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 new Teslas, the new Wright brothers, the new Henry Fords, the new change makers, the icon leaders all around us. And that doesn't mean they're all going to you know cure cancer. But the point is, all of us need to pick up our 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 uh, our our eyes and stop looking down and looking in this despondent state of, Oh, it's all going down. What can I do? And then stop reacting to the left and saying, Oh, you guys, I mean, again, you can tell people men are men and women are women, but if you have not performed signs and wonders, they're not going to listen. That's what I'm trying to get at is that Christians have to incar you have to do a down payment on the truth. Yeah. You have to, you have to meet. It's like Pharaoh when he has the, his staff of magicians and they throw down their, Staves and they turn yeah. into snakes, and then Moses throws down his story. And that story is like a sign and wonder there. Yeah. or Or he meets them in the desert with quail and manna. So he's giving them a material. And see, that's the thing that I don't like about Christianity, the way it's properly, the way it's inc- popularly understood. It's a, it's a mind thing more than an incarnational thing. Amen. So it's all about, you know, we got to get the right thoughts. And I'm like, well, wait a second. What does Jesus do? He doesn't, he doesn't quiz people about their Trinitarian theology when he meets them. He, 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 you got an eyesight problem? Okay, here's your eyes are fixed. Now go and sin no more. You know, change your world. Go, you know. So he, get, he meets them where they are and then he gets them on a mission. And yeah. we're trying to be like the little preachy Pharisees more than Jesus. Like, oh, that's not good. That's impure. You're, yeah. you're liberal. You drink soil. Oh, it's impure. It's like... Yeah. They're not going to listen to you. You're just playing into the same dialectic, which feeds the, which feeds the empire. Yeah. They want us to hate each other. What they don't want us to do is to say, I'm going to be the adult in the room. I'm not playing this game anymore. I'm not calling you a soy latte liberal. I'm going to just help you and your grandpa get over the diseases that you have, and you help me. And together, when we do this, we're going to create win-win solutions. When we create win-win solutions, we're moving outside of the of the political world, and yeah. now we can actually start healing the land.
0: Yeah. I think another point on the 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 being the cavalry god has given us simple instructions basic instructions of what we're supposed to be doing something you said um, that struck stuck out to me is that bringing heaven to earth right that's not a concept that we're familiar with anymore but every morning i wake up i'm on my knees and i say the lord's prayer and then i go into a little bit longer prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven so Mm it's this concept that we're supposed to be ushering God's kingdom into this earth through faithful yeah. obedience to his word. And it's a covenant obedience. And so mm-hmm. we read his word and we obey it. And as we read his word and obey it and incarnate truth, we're actually ushering in God's kingdom. Well, our society, um, you know, because of some stuff that happened theologically. So theology does matter 150 years ago, bought into this idea that <clears throat> Jesus is going to come back and rapture. us, So we just need to, you know, can green beans and and stay away from sin as much as possible until Jesus comes and gets us. And so, you know, there was a time when you look at the, you know, the, the Puritans, you go all the way back to, you know, Aristotle, Augustine, <clears throat> we did a podcast on this recently, but, you know, his thought and how it influenced all the way into the Huguenots, and you look get the Huguenots, and you look get the Reformers, and you look get the Puritans, and this was a really amazing group of people that were incarnating truth and standing and being bold and doing those things, and then Puritan thought led to the, the country, right, the country and the, the things that happened in the English Civil War, all this stuff. Um, <clears throat> what it boiled down to, though, those people, when when they came to America, they built Harvard, they built Princeton, they, br- they built Yale, like, they built universities, they built hospitals, they built, they did the stuff that you're talking about doing, and they did that because they believed that they were ushering in God's kingdom here on this earth. They weren't right. waiting for Jesus to come get them. Yeah. They were building, and they were Christendom, yeah, right? And when they, on the Mayflower Compact, you read it, it was all about expanding God's kingdom, yeah. right? And offering salvation to these pagan people who are over here. And, and again, if they didn't accept it, that's on them. And so, and obviously how that's been skewed, but there's this, there's a desire to come and build to 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 exactly what you're talking about. Um, you build a hospital because there's sick people and you treat them, right? And this was a very Christian thing to do. Now we've handed over all of our universities. We handed over our hospitals. We've handed over everything that Christians built, gave it to the left, right? And now they're Getting all the hearts and minds.
1: Yeah, because we 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 lost. We we got caught up in what I would call a Cartesian Christianity, instead of more of a Shakespearean Christianity. Mm. And what I mean by that is Shakespeare's is just the best of Shakespeare is just his influence from the Bible, yeah. right? And so uh, Cartesian, I think, therefore I am. I yeah. think blank, therefore I am. And versus to be or not to be, you yeah. know, so you be it, you're going to incarnate it, and it's going to change through your fingertips, through the thing. Your theology is going to come out of your fingers, right? It's Again, not going to be. That's one of my favorite. Yeah. Uh, so this things. idea of like like Jesus coming back, well, if you look at it, it's it's the same language that they used in the Roman Empire for when the Roman conqueror would come back from another community that he had just conquered. He would parade all the new people from that new village or that new empire that they had just conquered, and he would yeah. have them come along, and he yeah. would come into the, you know, it's like a grand entrance after everything's conquered. After the and so that's what, you know, th- who are the enemies of Christ? Sin, death, and the devil, right? Yes. And so these are all different things that we, his body on earth, are supposed to be subduing and defeating. And when he's reigning until he has made his enemies a footstool, mm,
2: until they've preach. been
1: defeated. And so when they come back, he's coming back. And, and when he comes back, it's with all of death, sin, and the devil destroyed. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to be doing as his body, and I tell it's like it's like those '80s movies with the horrible team, the yeah. Mighty Ducks or the yeah, underdog the little team, giants or whatever. Yeah, yeah, little giants. It's like this is an '80s movie where you get the worst team in the world, but the greatest coach. And yeah. Jesus, you know, Jesus is like he's embodying his body on Earth. He's got the sorriest team he yeah. could get you know they just don't that get it but it somehow started. and they're bumbling yeah. and stumbling and fumbling he's getting them over he's dragging them over to the into the touch you know touchdown or yeah. whatever you know that's yeah. what we're so i think we should make his job a little easier and stop yeah. making it so hard yeah
0: and 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 again theology has consequences doctrine matters but again if you get so caught up in that stuff that all you do is infight, fight that's not good either yeah and so we're and, and we're at, and i got off into the kind of the post-millennial thing there but Bringing it back to so how do you win people to that view? Well, um, being the cavalry, the instructions that man has given, he's you know, he's supposed to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth and exercise dominion over it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's been thrown out by the, this new church, this new limp wristed, you know, sewing filled church. Yeah. Um and and they don't preach those things. It's very much it's just about you and Jesus and your coffee and your Bible every morning. Mm-hmm. No Bible, no breakfast. And mm-hmm. it's this very um Uh, there's a word for it, but, but either way, it's, it's, it's all about relationship and you absolutely have to have a relationship with Jesus. I'm not downing that at all. But if, uh, if it's compartmentalized and it's not out in every square inch of your life, if you're not submitted to the righteous rule of Christ and being obedient to him in every square inch of your life. And like you said, incarnating truth. And I think one of the most powerful ways you can incarnate truth is your household. Right. And so, you know, I believe that, you know, Michael Foster talks about this a lot in his book He's created man to rule in his stead, right? He's a king. He's sitting in heaven. He's given us this earth. We're supposed to develop it. We're supposed to bring it into submission to Christ. Um, and one of the first things he gives a man is a wife and children. And he's supposed to, with steadfast love and faithfulness, rule over that household and, and love his wife and teach her about Jesus and wash her in the water of the word and train the children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and inculcate them into the Christian faith and raise them up. I'm just telling you, one of the most powerful tools in the world to get someone to believe what you believe is when they come over to your house They come into your home and they eat and they feast with you and they see your kids singing about Jesus and they're like, "Whoa, Mm -hmm, who -hmm, are these people?" mm -hmm, Right. That to me is 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 one of the most powerful tools for evangelism too.
1: That is good, and that's what people should be boldly doing. And you can't. It's harder to do that when you're. Sending Satan to be your babysitter, like government. You know, when you let government run your education, don't and Satan is babysitting your kids. Don't be surprised when they come home and say, "Satan told me I should change my gender." That's exactly what you would expect a psychopathic accuser to do. That's what Satan's name means in the uh, in the you know the Greek. It's the accuser. I don't want to send my kids to the accuser's place to learn how to do education. I mean, that is the worst place in the world you'd ever want. And so this idea that Again, conservatives say, oh, we got critical race theory out of our schools. What they, first of all, you didn't. Yeah. Second of all, because they just say it another way. Yeah. Second of all, you didn't get rid of government out of schools. And yeah. that's why you're always going to be in a problem because the whole foundation of factory schooling is designed to extinguish the vitality and the dreams and the vision and the wonder and the incarnational joy yeah. that children should have. It's it's stamped out of them systematically through the entire system of school. The old idea of a bell ringing to, oh, I got to raise my hand. I got to go to the bathroom. May I go to the bathroom? Yeah. State official. It's like prison. It's training you to be in prison or yeah. at, at a factory job uh, at, or a factory corporation that's making you do uh, widgets for Facebook or something. All of this stuff is not it's not what you're supposed to be doing. And so I just say, you're right. Kids, it starts with... What you can do in your family. But for a lot of people, I mean, my generation, and I'm sure you're, you know, we're the same generation pretty much, uh, they're still not married. They don't feel like there's any hope. They don't feel, I don't want to bring kids into this toxic world. Well, they're obviously operating, even if they say they're Christian, from a worldview that's not Christian. Yeah. Because Christianity does not have that defeatist mindset. Yeah. You know, I mean, Jesus, let's talk about what Jesus has done. Jesus has objectively changed history, and it is getting better, even in these dark moments, because we get egomaniacal. We're like, oh, we're declining, so therefore all of history is declining. What about the people in China that are becoming more Christian than ever before? What about what's going on in Africa? That ethnocentrism? Yeah. Oh, because we're going through a slump because we have sowed the root, you know, that we have sowed all of this uh, chaos into our culture. 1960s, even before that, you know, we've sowed a lot of ugly stuff that's going to create some ugliness, but we assume that because things are going down for us, the whole world must be declining, but it's not true. Yeah. In other places, the gospel's taking root like never before, and people are, are having that hopeful, visionary spirit. They're doing inventions. They're being engineers. They're being yeah. doctors. They're boldly curing diseases. That's what we're supposed to do. Those things about the body, the only religion— What's not, you know, the only faith that actually takes care of the body properly is Christianity. And anybody that tells you, "Oh, that's that's materialism," they don't understand what they're talking about, you know.
0: (laughs) And and I I think you know the the kingdom has grown through judgment cycles, and so you see it, and it's you know in Israel, and then you kind of see it taking place in the church um, after you know the Old Testament and and into just church history. These judgment cycles, where you know God's people are obedient and they're flourishing and everything's good. And then they begin to lose their way and then they begin to fall into sin. And then, you know, the, the King, the leaders, the, whatever you want to call them are, you know, promoting idolatry. And then all of a sudden they fall and then they're in this terrible place. And then judgment comes and the judgment's meant to drive them to repentance. And then they repent and then they're back doing good and they're flourishing. And it's this weird, it's this weird judgment cycle. But one of the things I find is funny, you know, if, if you're looking at history through five year periods, it does look like, well, maybe things are getting pretty bad. Right. Well, you know, or 10 years or something like that. But when you look at 500 year chunks, it's actually getting really darn good. Right. Mm-hmm. So you go talk to someone, you know, and, and one of the people that talks about this, he says, uh, you know, one 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 reason that I know things are getting better. It's called uh, dentistry. Right. Yeah. You know, look at these people yeah. like our founders have yeah. no teeth and stuff. You yeah. can imagine how painful that was. Yeah. That's kind of a joke. But he says, you know, it's, it's kind of comical when you think about it on its face, because, yeah, sure, we're we're declining morally. There's no doubt about that. But that can be fixed. Right. You know, we can repent from that. Things, you know, there are things that do seem to be getting worse and there's an unstabilization of something that was once stable and that's our fault. That's not some cosmic thing. That's our fault. It's consequences to what we've been doing and that can be fixed. But, you know, the, the guy will, you know, watch the news and see cities burning or whatever. And he's just like, whew. And so he's sitting in his air conditioned house, watching his 80 inch TV and he goes over to the fridge and opens up the refrigerator and grabs a cold drink and cracks open, takes a drink. He's like, it's getting bad out there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> well, are you sure it's yeah. really that bad? <laughs> you know,
0: um so it, that's interesting, but you're right. And then and the gospel is flourishing in all these other areas where where here we and and I think the gospel's flourishing here because of the craziness. It's driving people into the arms of Christ. I think when you when you see the government like what's going on with the COVID situation, you have he, this this man-made manufactured virus that was let out on the world, okay? And it's killing people. And then the cure that they bring you is killing people, the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And then there's this like $3 drug that can save everyone's life. And they're like, don't take that. It's horrible. It's for horses. Yeah. You know, and you see all of this. Everyone's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Where are they going to turn? Not that, not to that. Well, some people do. But it's also, it's shaking people loose that were very obedient to that. They're like, oh, my gosh, we need to find truth. And then then there's all of us over here. They're like, hey, go over here. Yeah, You know, we got (laughs) the
1: truth. In some ways, it's a kind of grace, uh, as wicked and evil as it is, because evil has to have such a heavy-handed, stupid, violent, blunt way of oppressing their people that it backfires, and people who are very stubborn to hold on to their idols are finally able to say, oh, Maybe Ron Paul was right in 2007 primaries when he said we should abolish the FDA. Oh yeah. wow, and we all all of us are dead here, but we finally yeah. figured it out. Thank you, yeah. Ron, 20 years later. Whatever. Ron Paul
0: <laughs> is the has the most painful "I told you so" in history on right? every <laughs> issue, on every issue, <laughs> every issue. Literally, you know, they're
1: always like, "Oh, we should abolish the FBI." Yeah, thanks for for electing John McCain and Mitt yeah. Romney instead of him. You yeah. really helped us out there, you know. But that, but you know, look, you need to have that waking up moment, and for the first time in people's lives, they're starting to say, "Wait, I." Yes, the CDC and the FDA and all these things are not a benevolent group of folks who just care because why would they not? They're staffed by the either uh, former employees of Big Pharma or future employees of yeah. Big Pharma, and they're literally getting money it's and changed. kickbacks and grants and funds from the same people they're supposed to be policing. So the mm, fox is guarding brief. the hen house. There is no reason why we should have these unconstitutional agencies. And furthermore, the whole concept of having patented medicine precludes the scientific method from being able to take root. So I don't care who you are, Neil deGrasse Tyson, these little fake TV scientists.
0: I hate him so much. I
1: mean, but you know, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. But you look at that and you say, my, my goodness, I've never seen a more religionist person than this. You have a deep, deep and abiding faith. You have a deep, deep trust. In, because that's what faith means in the Bible, yeah. the deep, deep trust yeah. in what the government's telling you as, as, the, as the official decree from heaven, but it's wrong. But here's the great thing, because it's not just the COVID thing, right? Their, their solutions for cancer are wrong. Their solutions for diabetes are wrong. Their solution for heart disease are wrong. Their solution for what is a healthy diet is wrong. So now- we have to take this opportunity and start to re- repeal all of the misinformation of government public health. Yeah. It's all corrupted. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean it's all intentionally. Some of it is. But what's really going on is when you don't have competition, it's easy for people to control a monopoly. Yeah. Right? When you don't have competition, it's e- if you said, the king has decreed, what shall be the official medicine for cancer? What shall it be? And Pfizer says, it's Okay, it'll be this. And it's like, uh, that's not how uh, a Christ society is supposed to function. Yeah. A Christ society is not supposed to have dictatorial medicine. When you have dictatorial medicine, it's going to coalesce all of the research funding towards the established older paradigms, which are very profitable and continually research friendly. But if it's something that, like, if, like, for example, I believe that toxic vegetable seed oils are behind 90% of chronic diseases. Amen. One thing you take out, if you take, because if you, and even carbs and sugar, people have problems with carbs and sugar, but the only reason why they do is because their mitochondria has been destroyed by these toxic vegetable oils, which are literally like putting chemo drugs in your body every day, and they're affecting your organs, they're affecting your cells, your energy, everything. So what happens is if we look at indigenous societies where In some places, the Maasai in Africa, they eat like 90% carnivore uh, and 10% honey. Then you go to a place in Papua New Guinea, they're eating 90% sweet potatoes, 10% pork meat on a rare occasion. Guess what? None of them have any heart disease, cancer, diabetes. And you go to all these different few indigenous cultures, none of them eat vegetable oils, and they're all in great health. Heart disease is not there. Cancer is not there. Diabetes is not there. In one indigenous community, they found that those in the tribe who had a motorboat had a high rate of diabetes and obesity. They said, how does motorboat cause diabetes? They were going the mo- well, yeah. no the motorboat, they were going to the city and getting flour and vegetable oils uh, and making all the industrial food that America was you. subsidizing. So the ones that didn't, they just stayed there and ate what they traditionally ate. And so you can see this, this connection here between uh uh our 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 God, we have this worshipful view of our government that we didn't know we had, apparently. And it's now starting to fall apart. America is a jealous God. America thinks that—America as a government thinks it's Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's the sad thing. America thinks that we can outcompete Jesus Christ and his ministry around the world. America thinks that it's Messiah. DC thinks that it is to to be worshiped and that it is to impose its righteous views on the whole world. And what it has done, it has done nothing but so death, destruction, diabetes, cancer, heart disease, alienation, destruction of the family around the world and in its own country, it's now coming home to roost. So it's time for repentance. It's time to call these idols out. It's time to stop playing in their game and reject the whole thing full sail and repent. That means turn away. Yeah. Change your mind. Renew your heart. Amen. And get
0: rid of the vegetable oils. Get rid of the vegetable oils. It's funny because, you know, people hear that, and it's about, like, the frogs are gay, right? Like, they hear that. But it's, and, and what's interesting is because I used to make fun of Alex Jones about the frogs being gay, and he's, he's definitely been wrong about some stuff. But he wasn't wrong about that. The frogs were really gay. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> They're not singing that way anymore. It's higher. <laughs> But and it all goes down to and again, this is something that is a very serious thing that you're talking about, and I didn't know that you were this versed in this, otherwise we would have just probably done the whole podcast on this. Maybe I'll we'll have to have <laughs> you come back on and we will, uh, is the this nutritional situation that we're in. How can we be the cavalry? Well, we can we can not partake.
1: Be a, you gotta be able to get up on that horse if yeah. you be the cavalry, right? <laughs>
0: I'm and, working and, on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. i I was three hundred and seventeen pounds when I discovered these truths, awesome, right? Now man. I'm about two ninety five. So I'm, I'm moving in the right direction. Um, but, but I said on Joey Clark, you know, Joey Clark, don't you? So yeah, I was yeah. on Joey Clark's radio show at the year of end show. And he goes, all right, Brian, what do we learn this year? They're trying to kill us, Joey. <laughs> Who's they? He was like Kanye West. I'm like, no, 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 not that they different. They, the, this is like the CIA. They, the I don't know who they are. They, but they're trying to kill us. Cause I had really just come to discover and really dive into all the seed oil stuff that you're talking about. Um, <clears throat> the fact that even all the birth control and everything that women are taking, all this stuff is getting into our water system and our water filtration doesn't get rid of it. And so there's estrogen literally running into our tap water and all, I mean, this is all real stuff that sounds cuckoo for cocoa puffs, but we're ingesting it and, and we're, and we're, and we're reaping the consequences of the seed oils, the estrogen, all this other stuff. And it is wreaking havoc on our society. But I do think the seed oils is bigger because it's causing us to be, um, you know unbelievably morbidly obese which causes all the other issues it causes low testosterone um you know causes sleep apnea untreated sleep apnea causes issues and heart conditions and then just heart conditions period from right. being too big i mean all of this stuff well who benefits from that
1: yeah yeah government government and corporations and formats, right yeah and
0: yeah the last thing i'll say and we gotta jump to our last segment i was listening to jason whitlock had steve dace um on and they did the, the COVID mafia thing It's like the best thing I've heard on in media in a long time. I was just like, Whoa, this is so good. And they had Robert Kennedy come on, um, and, um, talk about this, but, it, but it's something I mentioned on our show, uh, maybe a month ago when Allison and Amy Beth were on. And I said, there's a realigning that's taken place. Well, Steve Dace ended up saying the exact same thing on this. And I'm like, Hey, I want to Steve, but it used to be, Demo- like, we'll say in Alabama, and there's a lot of people that are alive listening to the show that used to be Democrats that are good, God-fearing, hardworking, wonderful people, and they used to be Democrats. Well, then the Democrat Party went so far left that they abandoned the populist. Mm-hmm. Republicans in the South used to just be big business. They were for big business, and they were against big government. Mm-hmm. Well, the people were being taken advantage of by big business, and so they felt like the government could save them or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. But but they were really just— You know, they were populists. They didn't Mm -hmm. want to be taken advantage of by big business. And so you had the populists, then you had the big business. And that was two separate political parties. Democrats and Republican. Well, the, the, the Democrat Party has gone so far left that they abandoned the populace. So the populists have moved into kind of rank and file Republicans. And so there's still a split within the Republican Party of big business and populists. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's this conservative base versus, you know, the big mules here. You have like Alabama Power, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, you know, the, the Chamber of Commerce, which is the BCA, all this stuff. So there's still this split within the party. Well, and what's interesting, though, is the BCA, that's the Business Council of Alabama, that's our state chamber of commerce, they just hired a Marxist Democrat to run the BCA, which is like, whoa, BCA is big business. I thought they were supposed to be Republican. Well, the BCA is having to bow to the woke mob now. And so now they've got a you know, in, in all these big businesses that are with with Vanguard and BlackRock and ESG and DEI and all this stuff, it's starting to take over. And so it's starting to move big business left, right? And then the populists are going to be left here in the Republican Party. It's very interesting rearranging of stuff that's happening but what you're starting to see is people that you thought were your enemy, like Robert Kennedy is our hero right now, a freaking Kennedy, right? And, and if you think about it, John F. Kennedy would be right of Reagan at this point, right, with his views. And mm-hmm. so it's just really interesting to kind of watch the rearranging of people we thought were maybe our enemies because they had a D by their name or an R by their name. It's, it's really not that because now it used to be the Republicans didn't like big government and the Democrats didn't like big business. Well, now big business and and big government's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's this big thing that's just merged together, which is what fascism truly is. And
1: it's been that way for a while, but we're increasingly we're opening, seeing yeah, it. Yeah.
0: We're opening up and we're starting to see it, and it's like, oh, we're being fooled. So, all right, um, guys, um, go to the website. If if you're a paying member, we're about to jump into Ghislaine Maxwell um, discussing the fact that she thought Jeffrey Epstein was killed, or at least didn't commit suicide. We're going to talk about that and, and just the whole pay ring and that whole thing and why that's not being looked into. Um, sign up, join the fight, become a member. When you do that, you're going to have exclusive content like this um, being brought to you every single week. I write some different uh, articles and updates there. We did a, a big uh, a big hour-long sit down with Greg Phillips when he got out of prison and his trip to prison, how he was unjustly put in prison for not giving up a source by a corrupt Department of Justice and a corrupt um, judge. I mean, just amazing interview. We're about to sit down with Dr. Jordan Vaughn and, um, wow. Why can't I think of the guy's name? Who's the guy that, uh, he's out of Dothan that the embalmer David Hirschman. Oh yeah. So we're going to sit down with David Hirschman, uh, who is a a big focus on him in the died suddenly documentary, uh, and Dr. Jordan Vaughn, who is doing great work in the area of, um, vaccine injury treatment and long COVID treatment. We're going to sit down with them and talk about that. A lot of people don't know this, but you know, we were one of the entities that got Richard Hirschman launched out into the national sphere because we did, a, you know, Andrea Tice did an amazing deep dive interview with him and a deep dive investigation into these blood clots. And it's still viral to this day. I mean, we get on our website and it's still the number one trafficked uh, story we've done. And it's like four months ago and it's still the number one story every day because it's just gone completely nuts. So anyway, we're going to be doing a, a deep dive interview with them, um, and that's going to be, you know, an exclusive member only interview where we, we sit down and, and, and talk to them about all of those things. It'll definitely be worth your while, but I, I always tell people don't sign up, uh, to join the fight and become a paying member because of the content or because of the merch, do it because you're supporting the work that we're doing, uh, cause we're working on behalf of you guys. So until next time, put your trust in God and keep your powder dry.